Anything combat with Johnny K. But it's anything combat though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat Show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by a fellow Australian. He's an absolute beast in Muay Thai 11 championships. Absolute gun. He's fighting out of one championship. Please welcome Elliot Compton. How are you, Elliot? I'm really well, thank you, man. Thanks for having me today. Sorry I'm uh, taking this call from my car, but it's been a busy day on the road, bro. So um, hopefully you can excuse the, the background noise. That's okay. I um, was doing research on you and I forgot to put into the intro that your nickname is The Dragon. Who gave you that that um, nickname? Oh, it kind of just started as like a bit of a joke in the gym, like a bit of a tongue-in-cheek sort of thing, you know, like uh, I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan and uh, always have been. I'm born in the year of the dragon and it kind of started off, you know, I kind of lost my temper one day in the gym and this is going back years ago when I was, when I was real young and someone like called me a dragon and then from there it just kind of stuck you know um and of course i reacted to it like i didn't like the nickname so then it just stuck all the more you know um yeah that's kind of where it came from that is such an australian thing that because you hate something they're gonna do it even more i uh looked at your uh, one championship like type wikipedia page or whatever they have on you and they said your record was 45 and 11 every muay thai fighter i've ever spoken to has said that they've got their record incorrect is that the correct record or is it something else no that's that's correct yeah i think it might be 46 wins but it, it's near enough yeah yeah uh how long have you been fighting for um, excuse me sorry i've been fighting now for 15 years um 62 professional fights i fought all over the world I made my debut on April 11th, 2008. That is insane, dude. 2008 or 2011, you said? Uh, 2008, I made my debut. I was born 2003. How does that make you feel? <laughs> it makes me feel good, bro. It makes me feel like I'm still ticking. I'm living my dream, you know, man. Like, uh, it's, it's a short journey in this game, bro, and it's like uh, – I've gone all in on this from from the day that I decided this is what I wanted to do. I haven't I haven't taken a backward step. Um, there's, there's been a lot of trials and tribulations, but I'm I'm honestly blessed to live the life that I've lived so far. And I feel like like I've been in this game for for 15 years, but I feel like every single day I'm still getting better. My body feels good, you know. Like I was only just telling somebody this morning, like I've had 62 fights and touch wood, I've never even had a surgery before, you know, like. I, um, my, my body feels good. I'm, I'm blessed to be surrounded by great people, a team that look after me. I've got a team of doctors and physios that have always had my back and helped me manage things throughout my career. And I actually feel like better now than I've probably felt in my twenties, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I, all my training partners are like 21, 22, 23. I think my oldest like training partner that's like super active, that's still like, uh, chasing like fights every, like consistently is like 25, 26. Obviously like I train with Damian Brown and stuff. Who's like, uh, in his late thirties, but he's not like, uh, super active on the fight circuit. Like these young guys, you know, and man, I'm, I'm still like working the same, if not outworking most of those guys day in, day out. Um, running a full-time business, family man, everything else. So, um, man, I, I'm very grateful for every day I have in this sport and I'm very grateful for every day that I continue to get in this sport, you know, and I feel like at this point, I mean, I don't want to be the the Randy Couture that's still 55 and, and, and scrapping for, for money, you know, but I, I definitely still feel like I've got a, at least another 10 years in me if I want it, you know, and I definitely do. So, um, yeah, I feel good, bro.
your longevity, you say there, have you been taking care of yourself or is it luck? Uh, I don't believe in luck, bro. I think like luck is what you make it, right? Um, I've definitely always looked after myself, you know, um, majority of my career, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be sponsored by one of the best physios in the country, uh, Julie Campbell out of Revive, uh, based in here in Brisbane. And uh, majority of my career, I've seen her twice a week and I've had remedial massage once, twice a week. You know, I've done ice baths and saunas most of my career. And, you know, I've been mindful of, I've always trained like crazy hard, probably harder than I, I should a lot of the time, but I've also trained smart, you know, um, and I've kind of recognized injuries before they've really become like a major injury and I've managed to get on top of it and uh, keep it under control. So, um, you know, I guess it's luck that I've met the right people and the right people have believed in me, but I don't believe it's luck that uh, I've gotten to where I have uh, injury free. I think that's, I come down to my work ethic and my professionalism. Like out of the interview, like not in the podcast, I don't believe in luck either, to be honest, but yeah, I just wanted to, just wanted to mention that because yeah, no, that's ask, cool. Yeah. No, absolutely, bro. The fight game's full of people believing in luck, you know? So it's like, for me, I, I don't believe in it, man. I feel like you, life is what you make it, bro. You know what I mean? If you, want a, if you want a good life, you'll make a good life. If you don't want a good life, then you won't. It's that simple, you know? I looked at your followers. I saw that Reese McLaren follows you. Have you ever worked with him and do you know of him? Uh, I, I know Reese reasonably well. Um, we we kind of worked together a long time ago at a, a, a mutual gym that we used to train at, um, but like not necessarily with each other. You know, like he's a flyweight, you know, I'm a lightweight. Um, it's just like it's kind of like not really sort of. And at the time, I was purely just tie boxing anyway. Um, but yeah, I know Reese really well. We chat like on a weekly basis. He actually reached out to me a little while ago. He was because he's based on the Gold Coast. Um, and uh, he was doing some work in Brisbane, and he was like, hey, while well, I'm in town, can I swing by and get some rounds in? And I said, yeah, of course, man. The door's always open for, for guys like Reese, you know? Um, so, yeah, he, he's a good guy, man. i got a lot of time for Reese, and I think um, he's one of the, the stars of one championship, if you ask me. I think he's almost an unsung hero within the organization. Yeah, definitely, dude. About that, would you pick one or the UFC? For MMA? Just, uh, well, I mean... Kickboxing, Muay Thai, you have to go with one. But yeah, of yeah. course, MMA, yes. Yeah, I think like if you look at it like that, I, like I believe that one championship is the, the UFC for Muay Thai and kickboxing. You know, they are the, the cream of the crop. They are the premier organization for that side of things. Um, I think when it comes to MMA, I think that the UFC have a bigger pop culture sort of reach. You know, they're definitely a lot more um, mainstream particularly in western society and western culture so you kind of get a lot more accolades based on on that you know um i mean you don't see like the type of stars of like conor mcgregor john jones and guys like that coming out of asian-based organizations at the moment you know maybe we will in the future but currently right now i'd say that the ufc are definitely uh my choice if it was to be you know like hey man like if you want to be a, a global superstar i would probably lean towards the ufc more so yeah are you going to continue fighting in just MMA or just Muay Thai? Like, are you going to abandon one to go for the other or are you going to do both? Uh, look, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of like on the fence, you know? Like, uh, at the moment, my, my passion and my, and my focus is definitely MMA. Um, but if the right opportunity presented itself in Muay Thai or kickboxing, I would absolutely take it. I actually got an offer from somewhere last week that we're uh, considering, like with my management team at the moment, um, 
there was a, a Muay Thai fight overseas um, without going into too much detail because of like confidentiality. But like, it's definitely something that if the right opportunity presents itself, then yeah, for sure. Like at the end of the day, I'm a prize fighter, right? And uh, I, I have like an absolute love and a place in my heart for Muay Thai. It's like where I started my career and it's I, something that I hold very dear to the, the path that I've had. You know, I wouldn't be the man that I am today without Muay Thai. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. But right now, like, I'm, I'm loving this new, um, like, passion and this new, like, uh, feeling of something new when it comes to the MMA, you know? Like, obviously, I've trained MMA my whole career. I've trained with some of the best MMA guys this country's ever produced, for sure. But, you know, it, it's always different when that cage door locks, you know? And I really enjoy the, the feeling of, like, putting my skills that I've had for, for decades in the gym into combat and seeing how it comes out, you know? Um, and so far, I've been feeling pretty good. So we'll continue to see where we end up. What's your favorite elbow variation? Uh, depends on the organization, bro. You know, like, uh, so in MMA, you can't uh, 12 to 6, you know, but some organizations you can, uh, like the tomahawk elbows, as some people call it, or the axe or whatever. That's definitely my favorite elbow to throw. Um, but, you know, not all organizations allow it. Um other than that, like I've had a lot of knockouts from a spin elbow, you know, like a turning back elbow. So um, I probably have to say that's probably my second favorite because I've knocked out the most people with it. I've been doing so much research on kickboxing, and one dude that's pound for pound number one is uh, Chingaz. Uh, Chingaz, I don't know how to say his yep. name, Alazov. Dude, what an absolute animal. I want to ask you, seeing you're the expert, what do you think needs to be done to beat someone of, of that caliber of fighting? Oh, man, that's a, that's a hard puzzle to solve, you know? The thing about Alazov that I think makes him so good is... He is so technical in everything that he does. If you like, you look at the match between like him and Superbon, right? Like they're both so precise, they're so technical, and like so calculated. But I think the difference between Alazov and someone like Superbon, for example, is very similar to someone like uh, Regan Ursel and uh, Sinsamat Klinmi, right? The pressure that Alazov brings, he forces you to make a mistake. Um, and it's very hard, especially under a kickboxing rule set, to shut that down. If it's Muay Thai, you can start to like shut it down and work a clinch and things like that. Um, but under a, a kickboxing K1 style rule set, you you can't you don't have that option, you know. Um, so I think really you, the only way to beat him is to try and beat him at his own game and try and uh, apply the same pressure back on him that he tries to apply on you, which is so much easier said than done. Yeah, dude, just, like, after watching all of his clips and all the people that he's beaten, like, it's just so undeniable, like, how good he is. Like, when you look at something like MMA, you look at Alexander Volkanovsky and people don't think, oh, you know, he's he's beatable. Like, people look at him and go, oh, he's beatable. I was looking at all the kickboxing clips and doing heaps of research on him, and I was looking at Alizov, I was like, this is a fighter that's, like, unbeatable in his current state. Like, it's going to take going to take more than it's going to take like the next generation coming up to even remotely get close and that just goes to show you the level of greatness that he's operating under yeah absolutely i i think it's, it's hard to get much better than than him in in kickboxing full stop i mean even as the sport evolves like how much more can it evolve 
above what he's doing at the moment. It's very difficult, you know. He um, he definitely is the cream of the crop, that's for sure. I saw something that you were – you go to Thailand all the time. I was wondering, do, have you lived in Thailand? And what do you think of uh, Thailand as a country? Do you, do you love going there? Yeah, man. Thailand uh, has a very special place in my heart. I spent a lot of time in Thailand over the years. Um, I believe Thailand, especially a training camp in Thailand, is something that every single person should do, whether you're a fighter or not. It, it unlocks something in you and teaches you so much about yourself that you didn't know before. Um, I mean, obviously, it also depends on where you go, who you train with, what you do, and what you do on the downtime of training. And, you know, there's a there's a side of Thailand that can be not so great too, you know, um, like particular, particularly these days, like a bit more of, of a Western influence in different areas of Thailand. But if you can go to a, an authentic Thai camp and immerse yourself in Thai culture and Thai training and, and, and live that life, you really kind of like learn who you are as a person and, and learn what your limits are and how far beyond what you thought you could go, you can actually go, you know? Um, so I definitely recommend training in Thailand to anyone of any walk of life. And um, I mean, even if you don't go and train there, there's just something really special and magical about Thailand that like, uh, it's just a really good mental reset every time you go there for sure. What was the team at Syndicate like? Who gave you the best sparring rounds? Uh, good question, bro. Um, we, because Tom was in camp, we didn't really get a huge amount of sparring in. Um, we we kind of like, obviously, the, the focus of, of the recent trip was to come back with a contract with Tom, you know, mission accomplished, bang, got it done. Um, we definitely, we got some good rounds in um, and like we wrestled every day, but we didn't really do a lot of like proper sparring. It's more kind of like, like super relaxed drill types like tech sparring so it's kind of hard to say but syndicate as a as a gym and as a team and like i've been to a lot of different gyms all over the world and very few make you feel as welcome as syndicate mma did for us you know we got the, the connection through our management label through uh ruby sports and entertainment through danny and, and remington steel uh, and man from the moment we walked in you know like uh Coach Wood and his mum were there. They, they met us with opening arms and took us in, showed us around, and pretty much like just said, hey, this, this gym's yours for you, the remainder of your stay here in Vegas. Come in and, and do as you please. And uh, every single member, fighter, coach, everything, everybody stopped and made sure they came over, introduced themselves, said hello. You know, we like picked each other's brains a bit about different techniques. And uh, man, it's just such a cool atmosphere to, to travel to the other side of the world and feel like someone has the exact same culture that we have at our gym at Team Compton Training Center in Brisbane where anyone from anywhere in the world can come in and everybody can learn from everybody and there's no ego and everyone's just happy to get down and, and train together. It, man, it's such a cool gym. What's your wrestling ability like? Like how often do you train wrestling? I wrestle and I grapple a minimum five days a week without fail, whether I'm in camp or out of camp. I wrestle and grapple every single day. Yeah, I uh, and I've been like so. I've been a training in jiu-jitsu since I was a kid in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I'm a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. I've been a brown belt since uh, 2019, um, and I, I've wrestled from a young age too. You know, um, and I, I feel like more so probably in the last 12 months, I've really been able to take uh, that wrestling and jiu-jitsu ability that I have and really um, develop my own sort of like uh, style within an MMA rule set. Um, for that obviously like 
I've had my own jiu-jitsu style and, and whatever else, but I've never really, given the fact that I didn't fight MMA, I've never had to really kind of like take it and fine-tune it into a system that absolutely works for me in an MMA setting. Um, but I really feel, particularly in the last 12 months, I've really kind of like found like a niche that really, really like works very well for me. And I think it's very hard to stop. What was it like going to the UFC Apex? Did you have fun there? Yeah, man. Apex is cool, bro. It's like it's it's sometimes a, a weird feeling like being somewhere that you've seen on TV half a million times and all of a sudden you're there living it. Um, but, uh, yeah, like uh, I've been to the Apex a few times now and every time there's like uh, it puts a fire in your belly, that's for sure, man. When you see like the, the level of guys that are coming through, uh, the level of coaching staff that come through there every day and at the Performance Institute and things like that, you know, like we were there training the other day and uh, Zhang Wei Li was like in the cage right next to us. And yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's a cool feeling to uh, to look around and, and be and feel like you're rubbing shoulders with, with like the, the greats, you know. Um, I know that definitely kind of like got Tom fired up ready for his fight, you know, and uh, kind of made it all real for him, you know, like, uh, like, I, like I said, I've been to the PI a couple of times and, you know, like the UFC has not necessarily been on my radar before being a tie boxer or whatever, but for him, that's been a lifelong dream, you know? Um, so for him to step in there and like that realization of, Hey man, in a couple of days time, I'm going to be in this cage and uncle Dana's going to be sat watching me. You can see like uh, he came alive that day and like that definitely like, I mean, he was already switched on and fired up, but that just added a whole new like d- dimension to it. You know, it was cool. Who got you into martial arts originally? What's the story behind that? Um, my dad's my coach, right? So, um, you know, like we've trained together since as long as I can remember. Like we, when we first moved to Australia, he found a gym. He trained back in the UK and whatever else. He found a gym in Adelaide and uh, I used to come and watch and used to like want to train nonstop, but I was still just that little bit too young. So we trained at home in the, in the garden, in the garage and whatever else. And then, the day I turned five and I was old enough to join the kids' class, that's kind of been it, man. And I haven't stopped since, you know. It's um, yeah, it's just been like a, a passion that we've kind of pursued and uh, developed together, and kind of turned it into a lifestyle and a business and and everything. You know, it's it's, it's really cool. If you had to review the health currently of Australian MMA, Muay Thai, kickboxing, and just martial arts in general, what would you rank it? in the world right now? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, I definitely think combat sports as a whole is doing very, very well in Australia at the moment. You know, we've got a lot of like superstars that are already in major organizations, whether it be the UFC, Bellator, PFL, one championship. Um, and I feel like MMA is probably the healthiest at the moment in, in this country. Um, closely followed by probably boxing, I would say. Like, there's a lot of killers coming through in the boxing at the moment too. Um, in my personal opinion, and this is probably going to maybe get me some hate comments, but I don't personally feel like Muay Thai and kickboxing is anywhere near where it was going back a few years ago in this country. Um, you know, when you look back to like times when we had like Evolution Promotions, at any given moment, we had like the best in, in the world in pretty much every single division. You know, we had guys like John Wayne Parr, Nathan Corbett, Eli Madigan, Soren Wong Kong Tong, Dane Daddy Cool. Then you had guys like Flip Street, Thor Hoopman. Like, like the I, I could literally sit here and list 50 guys that you could put in against anyone in the world at any given time um, and, and be successful, you know? Um, 
So I feel like probably maybe five to ten years ago, Muay Thai was probably the healthiest that it had ever been in Australia because we had these like big organizations like Evolution, War on the Shore, Detonation, Knees of Fury, and, and uh, Power Play Promotions and things like that. But having said that, I definitely believe that it's starting to turn again and we're starting to see a lot of young killers come through in the Muay Thai and kickboxing and starting to make a lot of noise overseas now. And I think that having one championship do what they've done has been like instrumental in that because I think it's given the younger generation like a goal to strive towards. It's like, oh, I can actually go somewhere with this and I can actually like make a future for myself out of this. This isn't just something that I do on a Saturday night at the local RSL for a thousand bucks, you know, like this is career worthy now, you know, and like they can travel the world and, and fight the best guys in the world and, and get paid for it, you know? Um, so I definitely think that it's definitely starting to grow again now. So um, I think as a whole, I'd probably rate like combat sports at about an eight or nine out of 10. There's still a bit of room for growth, which is healthy. But um, we're definitely like a, a long way from where we have been in the past, that's for sure. Can you elaborate on Australians in K1 and like kickboxing? Because I wasn't really around during that time. So what do you think? Do you think that now, like when it comes to kickboxing, do you think there's just not enough volume going into kickboxing? Like were there people in K1 that were Australian at the time? Yeah, I mean, like, look at John Wayne Parr, right? John Wayne Parr, he killed it in the in the K1 circuit, you know? Then you got obviously got guys like Mark Hunt and things like that too. Um, I just, I mean, like, it's, it's a tricky one because I think kickboxing particularly uh, in Australia was probably bigger just before K1 really took off, you know? Like, when you got guys like Michael Zambides, Gurkhan Ozkan, Ian Jacobs, uh, Steve Vick, all these, like... Uh, kickboxing was like probably at its peak like throughout the 90s you know um and then k1 world max came along and then you got guys like andy sauer john Wayne parr borkow nikki holskin and all these guys come through but i just don't think that australia had a strong kickboxing kickboxing culture at that point i think we definitely transitioned to more of a muay thai sort of culture and we had some of the best muay thai fighters in the world and man like it's it's difficult to transition between Muay Thai and kickboxing at an elite level. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different game. I mean, yeah, there's definitely guys that can do it. We've seen that, like I said, with guys like Borkow and Superbon and John Wayne Parr and people like that. But generally speaking, like it, it's, it's very similar, but it's very different at the same time. So um, I think, yeah, to answer your question, I think that the, the culture in Australia was definitely more aimed towards Muay Thai than kickboxing at the time that K1 was at its absolute peak, I think. Who's your favourite MMA fighter and why? Oh, favourite MMA fighter and why? Um, I'd probably say George St. Pierre. Um, mainly because I like the way that George carries himself both in the octagon and out of the octagon. You know, he's a professional at all times. The thing that I really like about George is he was exceptional everywhere, you know? Like, he would wrestle Division One wrestlers when he'd never wrestled in college or high school or anything, you know? He, he started wrestling later in life and kind of just worked hard to get good at it. Same with his jiu-jitsu and his striking. And I just think that he was like the, like the pioneer of MMA in a sense that he was really the first one that kind of, maybe not the first one, but he definitely, like was one of the the greats at taking from every single aspect of MMA 
and making it like his own style rather than being like, well, I'm a, I'm a wrestler and that's what I'm going to do or I'm a striker and that's what I'm going to do. He really kind of like made sure that he was a, an all-round MMA fighter and I think he kind of like uh, set a new standard in that regard too. What stories do you have from your experiences at Extreme Couture? To be honest, not a lot. I haven't trained at Extreme Couture a lot. Um, we Tom and I trained there as a as a one-off. Like we flew over to uh, Vegas for a filming for Dana White's Contender Series back in June. And uh, Casey O'Neill, who's a friend of mine, she said, "Hey, look, if you need someone to train, come down to uh, Extreme Couture." And and we Tom and I just trained together. Um, I do know a lot about Extreme Couture just from, you know, like following online and the people that I, I know in the industry or whatever. And from what I've heard, it's an absolute phenomenal gym too. But I can't really speak too much on it because I've only been there for like an hour and a half tops, you know. Sure. What's your coffee order? My coffee order? Yeah. Uh, depends on where I am in the world. So if, I, if I'm in the US, I love a filter coffee, man, like a drip coffee, like old school. You're probably too young to understand. But uh, like the... Like the like original, the black, like the black shit. Yeah, it comes out of you know what I mean. It drips down and it, like that's what everybody else hates it, but I love that shit, bro. Um, but if I'm in Australia, I'll get a long black with some cold milk in the top to try and make it as close as I can to that. What's your prediction for Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley? Oh man, that's a tough one. Um, to be honest, I would like to see Aljamain get it done. Um. I like Sean O'Malley, but I'm not a huge fan. Um, I, I just think Aljo, man, he's he's probably one of the most underrated guys in the UFC at the moment, given the, some of the history that he's had with the Peter Yarn controversy and, and whatever else. But um, I think he's just so good all round. I mean, so is Sean O'Malley. I get that. Um, I think, truthfully, I want Aljo to win because I know that most people want Sugar Sean to win. So I'm just trying to be different, you know? <laughs> Yeah. What adversity have you gone through that um, you had to fight through to get to where you are now that you can tell the fans at home to inspire them to continue on their mission and their purpose in life? Yeah, great question, bro. Um, it's been a long career, bro, and I've had a lot of different adversities. Um, but I think that the general lesson that I've learned from fighting that I think applies to just about everything in life is just back yourself and believe in yourself, you know? Like, when the chips are down, like, find a way to get back on top, you know? Just don't give up. Um, and I know that's so much easier said than done, and it's the, the, the cliche and whatever else, but, you know, like, I've, I've had so many frustrating moments where I've had, you know, like, long layoffs that are completely not my fault, you know, struggle to get fights. You know, at one point when I was with one, I went two years without a fight. Um like which is absolutely wasn't wasn't on on me i said yes to everything that they ever offered me and other people said no and whatever else um and it's super frustrating bro like when you put your heart and soul into something every single day and you're ready to to, to fight and you just two years bro and you you never get a, a scrap you know but if you can stay focused you know like our gym slogan is stay positive stay motivated and again it sounds cliche and it sounds corny but if you can really kind of like dissect that and, and think about what that actually means to you there's there's always a plus in every single thing that happens, whether it's good or bad. There's always a positive that you can find in it. And if, as long as you're motivated to use that positive to to fuel and, and make it a better situation, then you'll find your way through just about everything in life. What was the hardest fight of your career and what happened in the fight? Oh, hardest fight of my career. 
Yeah. Probably I fought a guy from Portugal. His name was uh, Bruno Cavallo. I fought him here in Brisbane on uh, Legacy Bike Promotions. Um, he broke my eye socket in round one, so like it snapped in half, and a piece of bone had chipped off under the skin, um, right at where the nerve comes out of the bone. So I had like really bad nerve pain from it as well. Um, he did that in round one. I think it was round two or round three. He hit me with a turning back kick, which uh, cracked my sternum. Um, he also gave me uh, two cuts under this eye, one cut through my eyebrow and a cut above my head here. So I was like, I was bleeding from pretty much everywhere you can bleed from pretty much. Um, and that happened within the first couple of rounds. And uh, it just like the pain was just astronomical, but I knew that I couldn't quit, man. I had like my family, my friends, my supporters. It was my hometown, the fight meant everything to me. Um, and I fought the, the full fight with it. I, I went the distance. Um, round round five, I caught him onto a brawl, just trying to catch him and knock him out. Obviously, it didn't happen. I, I lost the fight. Absolutely, I lost the fight. But uh, the thing that I probably found comfort in was the fact that I didn't give up. You know, I had every opportunity to quit. The doctor at one point wanted to stop it. The referee at one point also wanted to stop it. Um, and I, you know, I, I pleaded with him to like, no, please, 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 please. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Deep down inside, I was thinking, man, I am in so much pain. Um, but I pushed through and it is what it is. You know, it was a tough fight. I learned a lot about myself in that fight. I learned that I can withdraw a lot of punishment, a lot of pain and uh, a lot of adversity. And then uh, I got married two and a half weeks later. So, um, you know, like at the end of the day, like no matter how bad things get, the sun always comes up tomorrow, you know, and uh, as long as you can remember that, you'll, you'll, you'll push through just about most things in life. Would you ever compete in Lethway? Funny, I got offered to fight in Lethway back in like 2016, but I was already under contract uh, with another organization, so I had to turn it down. Might have been 2017, I can't remember now, somewhere 16, 17, something like that. Um, uh I don't know, to be honest, bro. I, uh, it, if, if the opportunity was right and it made sense, I, I, maybe. Um, I, yeah, I can't say, to be honest. I, I like the idea of headbutts, that's for sure. Um, and I like the idea of using the headbutts in like a combative form in terms of like, because I've done so many different martial arts over the years where like a lot in the uh, Filipino, Malaysian sort of martial arts, they use their head a lot as a weapon. Um, Having said that, how good is it for longevity in the sport? Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm also an athlete too. You know, so I've got to try and manage longevity and and like where you end up in that. I'm not a huge fan of the fact that you can get knocked unconscious and then have a minute to recover and have smelling salts and all the rest of it. You know, and then you need a fire. I'm not sure how good that is, but um, it's it's interesting and it's entertaining nonetheless. Can I have your prediction for Elon Musk versus Mark Zuckerberg? My prediction is it won't even happen. <laughs> yeah, that's my prediction. I think this whole thing's been a publicity stunt. I see, I see. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Elliot, for coming on the show. Is there a final message you want to say to the fans at home uh, as we wrap up the podcast? Yeah, man, thanks Heath, for having me. Thanks for listening to me ramble on about my career for the last 30 minutes. Um, Bye. By all means, if you ever have any questions or anything you want to reach out, message me, you know, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always down the chat, so uh, don't be a stranger. Reach out, hit follow, and hit chat, and uh, 
reach out for sure. Follow Elliot Compton on Instagram, link in the description, and subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.